This is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time. In the Birmingham News editorial page several years ago, a Ms. Hurst wrote, I think Baptist leaders need to rethink this issue of women, quote, graciously submitting to their husbands. As a woman, I will not submit graciously or otherwise to any man. These beliefs and teachings are archaic and are the reason we cannot attract people to our church. Jesus made us all equal, yes, even women, in spite of what Paul thought. Did you get that? This so-called Christian believes what she believes about the woman's role in spite of what Paul taught. Obviously, some believers think only what Jesus said, what's in the red letters, matter. But actually, all of the Bible was inspired, revealed by God. We see this from a number of passages. John 16:13 reads, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14.37, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual... Let him acknowledge that the things I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So when Paul taught that wives should submit to their husbands, that was actually God speaking. Ephesians 5, 22-24 teaches exactly that. Quote, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Mrs. Hurst goes on to write, What about the issue of women being allowed to be pastors? Almost every other Protestant church lets women be pastors. The passages previously quoted would also mean what Paul said forbidding women preachers was inspired or revealed by God. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 is clear on the issue. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 confirms the Bible teaching on this question. Quote, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For some reason, most churches allow women to preach from the pulpit. Why? Do they not recognize the Bible as the guidebook for Christians and congregations to follow? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Don't you think we ought to worship with a church that still uses the Bible as its guidebook? If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. Aren't those passages pretty clear? So here we have a lady that says she's not going to graciously submit to any man, in no matter what Paul taught. She obviously doesn't recognize 
that Paul was speaking for God. But what did Jesus say? And we've already quoted this verse. What did Jesus say right before he left this earth? He was talking about he was going to have to leave, but God would send a comforter. And when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And so what the apostles taught after Jesus was gone, including what Paul taught in Ephesians 5, which we read a few moments ago about the wife submitting to their husband, what Paul wrote after Jesus was gone was inspired of God. It was inspired of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Timothy 2, we read, explains how it was done. How that God actually, through the Holy Spirit, actually gave the apostles the words. The apostles were... Uh, God revealed to the apostles the truth that he wanted to re- wanted revealed. And they wrote it down. Paul, you remember, right after he said that it's a shame for women to speak in the church in 1 Corinthians 14, 34, he said, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. And so what Paul taught was not just what he thought, but it was a commandment of the Lord. And that's exactly what we see Jesus saying, that he would guide them into all the truth. We don't have a right to just accept what's in the red letters in our Bibles. These passages teach that all of the Bible was inspired of God. All of it was written by the Holy Spirit, not just what's in red letters. And so when the Bible tells the wife to submit to her husband, then that's God's will on the matter. We can't do like Miss Hurst and say, I'm not going to do that because that's just what Paul taught. Paul was an apostle. He was inspired of God, so what he wrote was God's will, including what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35, that women were to keep silence in the church. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. The lines are wide open, 877-655-6755. And so you think about this, just the congregations in your community. If I had to guess... If it's anything like where I am, about 75% of congregations, churches that claim to be Christian churches, wherever they are in the United States and Canada and so forth, about 75% of them would allow a woman to speak, to preach from the pulpit. Now, why do they do that when 1 Corinthians 14 is so clear on the issue? Here, let me read that again. Let your women keep silence in the churches. For it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in church. So in those two verses, Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said three times that it's wrong for a woman to speak from the pulpit. He says, let your women keep silence in the churches. It's not permitted unto them to speak. And he says it's a shame for women to speak in the church. And then he also wrote in 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. He also wrote something that would confirm this teaching. He said, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So the Bible is very clear 
that the wife is to submit to their husband. Ephesians 5, 22-24. That a woman is not to speak in the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. And that a woman is not to teach nor usurp authority over the man in any situation. 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. Yet, this lady has the gall to say that she will not submit to any man in spite of what Paul taught. It's just people reject who claim to be believers in Christ. They reject the authority of Christ. They want to believe in Christ. They want to believe in God without accepting what he actually says. If they don't agree with what God says, they just reject it. I don't agree with that. I'm not going to do it. So they end up only agreeing with God, only obeying God on the things they agree with. And that's not obeying God at all. That's just just obeying or agreeing with ourselves, only doing what God said if we agree with it. That's not obeying God at all. Jay from North Carolina, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Jay, you there? Yeah. Go ahead. You're on the air. Um, I guess what um, the question I guess I'd ask is if there was a verse, um, if there was a verse in the Bible talking about women preachers. Well, did you hear the one I read a couple times in the last ten minutes in First Corinthians fourteen? I have not. I have not. To be honest with you, I mean, my, my half brother was the one that actually sent me the. Uh, sent me your number and told me to ask y'all about that. I don't have yeah. sex then. I understand. What do you think about this passage? I'm going to read it to you, and uh, you tell me what you, if it, if it uh, <clears throat> is clear on the issue of women preachers. It says, and this is, Jay, this is 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. It says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it's a shame for women to speak in the church. That pretty clear on that issue, Jay? Yeah, kind of. Kind of? I, I think it's... Yeah. I, I sometimes say, and of course this is just my opinion, that that passage is the clearest passage on any issue of... Uh, 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 clearest passage of any passage... On any issue in the Bible. I can't think of another passage that's more clear on any issue. Now, let me read you another passage. Jay, why have you on the air? Why have, on the, why have you on the line? 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 says, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Does that sound like a woman should, be a, should preach from the pulpit, Jay, or not? Doesn't sound like it to me. Right? Now, it doesn't to me either. Now, I'm going to ask just for your opinion, Jay. Those passages are pretty clear, it seems pretty clear to me, yet the statistics say about 75% of congregations, say congregations in the United States and Canada, congregations that claim to be Christian churches, about 75% of them allow women to preach from the pulpit. Why is it that when you have these clear passages, Jay, so many of them seem to just ignore these passages and allow women to preach from the pulpit anyway? You got an opinion on that? Uh, I do not, because really, to be honest with you, I'm still quite new at this myself. 
I mean, I've been <laughs> in and out of church, you know, my whole life, but never really once actually gotten in front of a, you know, female preacher or female pastor, however you want to call it, you know, before. Hey, Jay, let me mention something to you, and I'm going to say it to you on the air so that other people who are listening will know about this same opportunity. But we have, I have friends all over the place, acquaintances who are Bible teachers kind of like me. And uh, I believe I could hook you up with one of them in your area. Would you want to study with one of them face-to-face, a Bible study, you think? Well, I mean, that is one thing I'm wanting is to, you know, learn, you know, learn God's Word, you know, the best way I know how in order to be able to, you know, teach it to my kids, too. Jay, I'm going to try to find somebody in your area that would be willing to come study with you, and uh, we'll be in contact, okay? Thank you for your call. Yes, sir. All right. And so Mm -hmm. the reason I'm mentioning that on the air is that anybody else, wherever you live, if you would like to have someone like me come and study with you face-to-face, I believe we can arrange it. Go to my website, BibleCrossFire.com, and there you'll find a way to send an email to me, and you can ask for a Bible study. BibleCrossFire.com, and you can find a way. Uh, I mean, you can find there a way to click so that you'll send me an email. Just ask for a Bible study or ask for a Bible correspondence course. Or if you just want to talk about a Bible topic throughout the week, not on the air, but just over email throughout the week, go there and send me an email. It would be great to hear from you. Kevin from Michigan, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi, I'm just, my name is Kevin. Hi. Um, hey. I just tuned to your show because my mom has it. Um, I'm visiting her, and she has your station on her car. And uh-huh. we just tuned in at the right time and heard a portion on women preachers. And I'm just curious of your perspective on equality of women. Okay. Let's go to, to answer that to Galatians chapter 3. Hey, and Kevin, if you have the radio on in the background, turn it down. That could uh, cause feedback. But Galatians chapter 3, in verse 26 and beginning, says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, Kevin, passages like this teach that in Christ, as far as being a Christian concern, a Christian is concerned, male and female are completely equal. Now, that when we say a woman should not preach from the pulpit, we're not saying that she's inferior to the male. Not at all. We're just saying that she has a different role. They're equal in Christ. Okay, that's great. So the man is not any smarter so than the woman, but... What, but hold on, yeah, but they have a that. different role. All right, there's a different go ahead, role Kevin. You're saying. But my question is, when you say a woman is to submit to man, what do you mean by that? Well, it's not just me saying that. Remember, I read from, uh, you do believe the Bible is the word of God, don't you, Kevin? I believe that women are equal to men. Yes. In Ephesians 5.22... The Bible says, this is God speaking, of course, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So the wife is to submit to her husband. Like in the job place, my boss is not superior to me. He just has a different role than me. He's the manager, and I'm under him. 
and we're both equal, but he has a different role. So right. the so wife I, I, and the family. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get specific examples of when should a, a woman submit to her husband. I want to know more about that from well, your perspective. And when a husband and when a husband and wife are working together and they have to make a decision for the family, the husband should consult his wife. They should try to make the decision together. But if they can't agree, the husband then has to have the final authority. He has to make the final decision because he is the head of the family. Dave from California, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, hello, sir. Um, <clears throat> my question, I know you believe that you have to be baptized to be saved, correct? Yes, I believe Jesus okay. said that in Mark sixteen sixteen. Yes. Right, right. Okay, I'm hoping you answer my question the way I, I want you to, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> that is, <laughs> my children my children and I, and my wife and I, we were all, uh, the Lord sought us out, and we responded, and we were saved back 28 years ago. Now, as a... Uh, as a response, we responded in obedience to be baptized. But my mindset then was not that I was baptized to be saved. Now, today, what do you believe? Do you believe that because my mindset was not that I had to be baptized? In other words, is the physical action good enough to be saved? Or is it the mindset with it has to be to be saved? Dave, that's a very good question. I'm glad that you asked that question. When I, at one point in my life, I was baptized, I was immersed the same way you were without the mindset, baptism in order to be saved. And then after studying the scriptures and finding out what they had to say, I was rebaptized. This time I did it for what the script, for the reason the scriptures say, in, or, in other words, in order to be saved. Now let me read you this passage, Dave, and see what you think. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, when I was younger, I was immersed, I was baptized. I didn't do it for the remission of sins because I thought I thought I was already saved, so I didn't get baptized for the remission of sins. Later, after studying this out for myself, I said, I've never actually been baptized for the remission of sins. In other words, in order to be saved for my sins. So, this time I got baptized for the right reason. Dave, okay. kind of similar. I'm gonna, let me say one more thing. I'm going to let you respond. Do you remember Matthew 19, 9, how that Jesus said that a, a man, if he divorces his wife for any reason other than fornication and remarries, he commits adultery? You remember that passage, yeah. right? Correct. Correct. So if a man divorces his wife mm-hmm. for the wrong reason, it's not for fornication, not because she's been cheating on him. If she, he divorces her for the wrong reason, then it, we would say, according to Matthew nineteen nine in similar passage, that's an unscriptural divorce. It's for the wrong reason. So Correct. likewise, Dave, if we get baptized for the wrong reason, it's not for the remission of sins, then that would be an unscriptural baptism. If a person's not baptized for the remission of sins, he doesn't get the remission of sins. Okay, Dave, I'm, okay. I'm ready for your follow-up. I- Okay, I understand that, and I'm glad you answered it the way because that's consistent. I, I I wasn't sure how you would answer it, but that's consistent. I I still am struggling with the baptism to be saved because there are just multitudes of scriptures that Christ speaks of uh, remission, uh, being saved by faith alone. I mean, faith alone, and that's where I have the struggle. I'm still going through it. 
Uh, I've still got to get into it with my pastor at church a little bit more, but uh, I am thinking in that direction. And that was really my question. I wanted to know if you were you were consistent and you were going to say that. So in other words to you, me, my wife, my son, and my daughter, if we were to die today, we would not be in heaven. We would be in hell, according to what you believe, by what That's I right. told you. Right. Okay. Hey, okay. Dave. That, yeah. I've got your I've got your number. It shows up on my screen, my computer screen. Yes. How about if right. we talk about this further over the phone or perhaps over email, and and we can do that off the air? I think in a more detailed and better way. Would you? Would that be okay? Well, not right now, just because I'm on my way to work and I don't email. Um, I just have a little flip phone that I work. I'm very uh, I'm not up in the world, I guess you would call it. So anyway, but uh, I. I want to follow it on further with my pastor first to, to get a more of a grounded basis for what I believe, and then I would be happy to speak with you about that offline, you know, on the phone. Dave, that would be great. Okay. thank you for your call, Dave. Thank okay. you for your call. Thank you so much. Have All a good right. night. Bye-bye. Night. John from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, I was just uh, having a follow-up to the previous question about baptism for salvation. That, yes, did I John. understand you correctly that you believe that you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Yes, Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Yes, John, you understood me correctly. Okay, uh, I would have to strongly disagree. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that uh, by grace you've been saved and not that of works. If uh, the whole issue there was about, uh, in Paul's epistle, was about him, about uh, circumcision, which was a work. Baptism is a work. If you're putting, if you're saying that you have to be baptized to be saved, you're putting your faith in something that you have done in your baptism and not the shed blood of Christ on the cross. The passage that you refer to, is a, is a passage referring to the Holy being baptized by the Holy Spirit, which happens the immediate, the moment you put your faith in Christ. It is not something that I've done. It is not something that uh, anything that I boast of. Paul says I boast in nothing but the cross of Christ. Hey, John. Uh, if he were to boast in his baptism, then he is boasting in his own words. Baptism. Hey, John. Is a, is, yes, sir. I think the very opposite is the truth. The, think of this in oh, Acts 2.30. It's not the truth. I'm not letting you get away with this. <clears throat> if we think about this, in Acts chapter 2, <coughs> verse 38, Peter said to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So when a person is baptized, he's recognizing the fact that he needs the forgiveness of sins. And the only way we can receive the forgiveness of sins is through the shed blood of Christ. So the very opposite is true. Baptism is not trying to be saved by our own works. By being baptized, we're recognizing that we have to have the death of Christ to be saved because a person is being baptized for the remission of sins. If he didn't think he needed the remission of sins through the death of Christ, he wouldn't get baptized. So the only reason a person would be baptized is because he wants to be saved by the death or the blood of Christ. Now, John mentioned that you, you can't be saved by baptism, or baptism couldn't have anything to do with our salvation because it's a work, but that same reasoning would mean that we don't have to believe in order to be saved. John eight twenty eight 
John 6, 28, Then say they unto him, Jesus, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So believing in Christ is a work. And so if Ephesians 2, 8, 9 means that we don't have to do anything, we don't have to do any works in order to be saved, then that would prove a person doesn't have to believe in Christ to be saved because it's called a work by John 6, 29. But of course, we can know from the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, that a person has to believe in Christ. What is Ephesians 2, 8, 9 teaching? Not that you don't have to be baptized to be saved. It's talking about the earning basis for our salvation. Belief or baptism repentance, all of those things are required for salvation, but they don't earn our salvation. The death of Christ earns our salvation. Belief, repentance, and baptism are just conditions we have to meet in order to be saved. Mark 16, 16, Jesus is clear. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Go to my website, BibleCrossFire.com, and let's talk some more about this issue throughout the week.